everyone. Dave and Jeff. Look who it is. It's another podcast. Hey. It's been a long time. It felt weird. Did he? Did it feel weird missing it, or did he feel like, uh, man, it was nice to get, take a break from driving all the way down here? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought we were pretty clear in our last show that we said we we're going to be gone yeah. for a week. We had Father's Day, and you were in Arizona. We made it clear. And then typically there's audience can't figure, hey, what this, where's the show? <laughs> God dang it. I just said we were going to be off. It was great. We'll get into all that. Dave, if I don't do this off the start, I'm going to forget. Yeah. Can we just say tonight, as much as we screw around, and I'm not kidding, I got a bit of the Rojo today. I don't know if we're going to get into it on the air or not. But earlier today, um, my sons are going out of town on Tuesday for 10 days. Yeah. So- you pussies. <laughs> we'll have three shows this week, yeah. which will be great. Now, uh, there won't be a show Monday night, but we'll do one tonight, and then we'll get a couple of more. But uh, my son Cade's under the weather. He's got the flu, so I wasn't hanging with him today, but I had my other son, Jack. And we drove right by the area in Rolando, which we have made this drive 10,000 times to the point that we were at a Starbucks in that neighborhood yesterday morning. Yeah. Where the two San Diego cops... Uh, we're ambushed last night. This show and this audience, uh, let me just say for this show, the San Diego Police Department, people that we have met, Larry Thomas from the San Diego Sheriff's Department. Look, I, I know there are crazy things going on around the world and, and police are in the middle of it. What happened to those two guys last night makes me sick. They went in, they were called to a call, uh, they were flat-out ambushed, yeah. and it's just our thoughts are with everybody at SDPD and all the first responders, the firefighter who went in and got caught and, and was you know clearly choked up in the film that I saw today. Um, man, I'm thinking about those guys. To drive by there and just, you know, you said, hey, was it nice to not take a drive down here? I mean, I drive to East like we screw around. Yeah. Those guys drive to Rolando thinking they're helping somebody, and they got a guy in body armor firing at them. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to cover. But but I, I just have been thinking about those guys and that entire police department today. And uh, our thoughts as a show are with them because they've been incredibly nice to us over the years. Absolutely. I'm glad you uh, you started it that way. Always been a big fan of the cops. Everyone always loves the firemen. Yeah. I always love the police officers. You well, know? I mean, how many, no, thank goodness, but how many times are police, are firemen getting shot at? I mean, when you're a police yeah. officer, it's terrible. If you've ever done a, a ride-along, I did a ride-along about 12 Man. years ago because yeah. we're in between radio and actually I was going to try and pursue a job with the Chula Vista Police. And I, it was so crazy, man. I was only in the car for, I think, maybe five hours. Yeah. But you drive around all day basically looking for shit. Yeah. And that's that's what you're doing. And then I remember going home going, man, it is hard to wind down. And yeah. then, I mean, we saw some crazy stuff. But the guy I was with was like, this is every day. Every day. And then you can see why alcohol is huge, yeah. of course, with the police officers and divorce rates are through the roof. It is tough to sit there and look at shit for 12 hours and then go home and be a normal guy. I understand it's not a flawless operation. It's not a political stance or whatever. But for those two guys last night and all those affected by it, I mean, that was so close to being in the backyard of where my kids live. Yeah. And where I lived the last nine years, I was definitely thinking about them. Uh, on a side note, fuck you to the Chula Vista Police Department. <laughs> These what? goddamn guys, they do it to me all the time. There's When I drive down here on Olympic, <laughs> I think like they do it. <laughs> I think they do it on purpose. 
it's a 45 zone. Yeah. These fuckers drive 23. Yeah. So when you're going 45, you feel like you've blown by the cop at 80. You're like, yeah. I'm so fucked. <laughs> Stop doing that. Uh, they only like it's funny, man. They only I have a bunch of friends that are police officers to live at yeah. the TV. Do they they do that shit I on purpose, I'll, right? I'll ask, but the only from what I hear, they're only like two Chula Vista PD um, east of the 805. Like everyone is basically, you yeah, know, or, or yeah, west of the 805. Yeah, and it's like there's no one in here. I mean, I'm sure shit happens, but there's no police officers. What's going on at the Olympic Training Center? <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks to all those guys. Where do you want to start? I uh, want to ask uh, you about Father's Day. I want, to, oh, I want to start there. Shit. I want to ask about you. I haven't talked to you a, a ton. I mean, we talked, but we didn't talk about what your day was with your kids. Father's Day, the whole deal, how it went down. Uh, awesome. Freaking awesome. And yeah, so no, not being here. Uh, my sons were with me the whole weekend. And then we we spent Sunday in L.A. Yeah. And we saw my dad for a little bit. And then just me and my sons just ran around L.A. And it was great. And the thing that... They did for me a couple of years ago. I, I asked him to do it is um, they'll get me a book. They each got me a book and they'll write um, the write Happy Father's Day in it. But yeah. the thing that was really cool this year um, and it was a really nice thing that their teacher did because it's the first Father's Day where I'm not in the house. Yeah. And Dave, you do. You feel like anybody who's been through a divorce, you feel like you're the, the forgotten member of the family. And their fifth grade teacher did a really great thing. Her name's Karen Ben Wolven. And they did a self-portrait. They did like a look in a mirror self-portrait thing. And she had them all do it for Father's Day. And it was so great. Cool. And so uh, they gave it to me. I got a couple of books, a couple of gift cards, which was really nice. But um, like uh, from my days in USA Boxing, we used to always travel with a Sharpie. You'd always have like four Sharpies because when guys tape hands, you you exit off and you initial it. And I would often do it in silver. I just like doing it in silver. And so I've always had this silver Sharpie. Well, they, they did these self-portraits and then they were matted on black paper. And my sons have now signed them in silver. Happy Father's Day 2018. Dave, I'll keep them forever. That's cool. And then uh, it's funny as I'm sitting here looking at the clock at 820 on a Sunday night. Last Sunday, we were still there. We were still in L.A. I had to work on Monday. They yeah. they were done. But uh, we didn't want to end the day. And we were at Rocks. I think it's Roxbury Park yep. in Beverly Hills. That's funny. That's where I used to go as a kid. And uh, we made a run over to the Grove. We went to the Grove in, uh, I guess, it's not really Beverly Hills. It's right by Farmer's Market, if anybody yeah. knows that area. And... The three of us hadn't been there in a long time. And so we just, we went in, we got in at like nine o'clock and we went in looking for something. But if you're ever going to do LA, I'll give any, anybody a, a tip. Find this book. It's called the ultimate Hollywood tour book. It runs at like 12 bucks and it'll show you so many different things that you'll want to see in OJ, uh, in LA, OJ's house yeah. where Michael Jackson died, everything. And the guy who wrote the book laid it out perfectly so that what you see on page two is right next door to what you see on page yeah, three. No backtracking. He, no backtracking. He takes you right through. And uh, we had been kind of looking for this book, and all of a sudden, at the Grove, we found it. Cool. At the end of the day, and I just was kind of going through some stuff today, and my sons had grabbed it, and at age ten, 
my son Cade wrote, best day ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. It was just great. So, um, yeah, just an awesome time, man. And That's so cool. I know you were in Arizona and away from, from your boys, but um Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was. It was in in the last ten years I've spent the last, you know, ten Junes going to Arizona because coaching baseball. But they're usually there, right? Well, one of them is always there. So the first few years it was Josh was always there. But okay. Jake wasn't here, Rita wasn't there and so my wife's birthday is June fifteenth. It's funny, I haven't spent my wife's birthday with her in ten years. Oh boy. You know, she never goes. So it's for a while it was uh it was um Josh was with me when he was playing and then Jake was with me and then last year and this year they're they're both done. And so it was it was strange. It was it was strange it was um it was unusual because it's a long drive, but it's a five hour drive. What's the furthest you ever driven by yourself? Oh, that's funny. It's a good question. So I think five hours might be my <laughs> by myself. I've driven cross country twice, but I was with people. That's funny. I don't. I I don't know that I've ever yeah. really gone by myself. God, it's funny, Dave. Yeah. I I don't know that I've ever gone further than maybe Yuma. Yeah, that's funny, and that's that's about 184 miles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we drove out here. We've done Vegas drives, right? Yeah. San Francisco, Monterey, yeah. every but. Solo? Yeah, solo. God, that's funny, Dave. I, not, yeah, not like that. That's yeah. a long drive by yourself. So it's, uh, so I, I, I'm sitting there doing this drive. I left on uh, Thursday night at around 6.30. Obviously, I'm getting to, to Phoenix at 11.30. Yeah. And I'm sitting there driving. And, you know, you don't want, for me at least, this whole year has been crazy. You don't want to think yeah. too much. I mean, I don't know if you find yourself think, going to the point where if I stay busy, you can almost run away from thinking too deeply. Oh, that's funny. I'll tell you about that in a minute, okay. but I'll let you finish. So, uh, you know, th- this whole thing with my dad passing away on the first, there's a lot, yeah. of, lot of things that didn't settle well with the ending with me. And so it starts playing in my head, you know, and yeah. then, and I'm trying to call people and stay busy and, and, you know, it's getting late. I can't call people past nine o'clock and bother them, but kind of running for my own brain. And so yeah. I, I, I go through the process and it was, it was a kind of a tough trip. A lot of things, a lot of things that bothered me were coming up in my head. And then I talked to you the next day, you came out, you showed me the the card that you're putting together for my father. Yeah. That, that was actually very th- therapeutic and the, one of the best things Good. for me. I decided at that moment, I'm done. I'm not going to let this affect the rest of my life. I understand there's goes going to be a void there, but I'm not going to let this control where I told you I can't look at pictures on the wall. I don't want to yeah. talk about my dad. I want to talk. My dad's friends call me. I want to answer the phone. And I know some of them listen to the podcast. Nothing to do with them. I just not ready to talk about my dad. Yeah. So going through the thing, the card thing that you showed me was a huge step for me moving forward. And then Father's Day came on Sunday. Couldn't call him. And it was weird. It was yeah. weird not being able to pick him up, pick up the phone and call him. Yeah. I talked to my sister a few days later. I said, was it weird not calling dad or talking to dad on Father's Day? She goes, no, Father's Day's not a big deal to me. And I said to her, I said, you know, it's funny you say that. I go, Jeff and I say this all the time. It's our favorite day of the year. Yeah. And it's, it's the thing I take the most pride in, being a dad. But it was weird not calling calling my dad. And um, I was I was bummed out. Didn't have my kids with me. My wife's on the yeah. other side of the, the world. And no one, I think, put two and two together except for one kid saved my day for me because I was nice. really bummed out. I, we we lost a doubleheader in the hotel room in Phoenix by myself. I was just pissed off. We lost, pissed off the way the day's going, mixture of anger and sadness. And the the kid, Jeff knows Julian mm-hmm. Escobedo really well. He's been in my house a million times. And we always talk about Julian as being like our third son. He now plays center field for San Diego State. Great dude. 
sent me the greatest note and a picture of him. Loved it. Him and I hugging each other. On social wrote, media. On social media. It was great. And I put it back out there because it did. It made my day. It yeah, completely, that was great. completely changed my day from being one of the worst days of the year to, man, I, I can fall asleep tonight kind of a deal. Yeah. You know? And so um, it was tough. Father's Day was not an easy day, but that made my day. That completely made my day. Yeah, for me... Um a couple things happened on Father's Day. My dad was an absentee father. I, I'm open about that. He and I have a great relationship, but to me, um, now, um, my relationship with my sons is much different than my relationship with my dad because when I was 10, I didn't know my dad. Yeah. Um, last night, my son Jack is at the house, and we're just kind of hanging out. We start watching a movie, and we start watching Cars 3. Yeah. And I'm laying sideways, right, on the bed, and he lays his head on my shoulder. Yeah. And I passed out 10 seconds later. <laughs> and I passed out, Dave, because you go, anybody gets it as a dad. And you go, that is the, I mean, you talk about your happy place yep. or wherever else, but when... You go, man, that's the unconditional love that you get. And when you get it from your son and it's on that day, you just go, shit, it was great. And uh, and I'm really lucky, my relationship with my boys and back and, and how that happens. I saw my dad in L.A. I have a great relationship with my dad. Um, he's always been a big supporter. But my relationship with Jack and Cade is much different yeah. because he, he wasn't there. Here's what happened on Father's Day that was great. On Father's Day, what happened is I got a message from my friend. Go back to the start. The watch deal, my friend from Macy's. Yes. I got. A, I had not talked to her since then. Yeah. And I got a message from her, and it said, Happy Father's Day. I love you. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was great. And we have put it back together. Because she's a very important person Good. to me, and uh, it's just been great. And just talking about where she was, things that had happened to her, things that are still happening to her, things that had happened to me, and where I was at that time to where I am today. Um, because for me, that felt like the biggest wound that needed to be fixed. Yeah. And I feel like I fixed it. Good. And it started with her. Um, reaching out on Father's Day, I can't imagine that couldn't have been easy because I laid into her pretty good, yeah. and uh, and I appreciated her doing it, and it's, it's really great. Cool. You kind of feel like that was good. The other thing that's been great this week is checks have come in from the GoFundMe, yeah. and I've got $1,500 in the bank, and it's been a crazy couple of days. But I've got to go and, and get cashier's checks. And I'm going to see John Van Zanti at, at Helen uh, or at uh, Rancho Coastal. Uh, my boy Bob McElroy. The thing that I love, and this goes to every one of you, this isn't just for me and Dave, this is for every one of you that reached out and have helped out. The genuine excitement from them and just how sincere they are awesome. saying thank you to every one of you that is helping us in this cause, um, made my day. The other thing that happened since we've been here, box of baseball showed up from John Conniff and Mad Friars. Dave, I meant to bring them down tonight, um, but I, I've got the the baseballs, the yeah. Mackenzie Gore baseballs. 
Wayne Partello and the Padres, since the last time we spoke, have offered up autographed baseball from Trevor Hoffman, Eric Hosmer, tickets, and a batting practice experience. The Padres have stepped up, and so many others have stepped up, and the checks continue to come in. And Dave, you just go, you know, it's like uh, I was uh, had a great conversation with our pal Katie Temple the other day, and we were talking about something that had happened that had been, um, uh, you know, something had kind of gotten off track. And she said, hey, how's it going? And she wrote to me, she goes, man, you guys are too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> And I go, yeah, yeah, you know, Dave, I, I think for both of us, for as rough as this year started, I feel like so many things are going in the right direction. Yeah. And Katie said to me something that was great, and I'm going to give her full credit. I don't think she meant it to be used on the podcast, but it is. She said, the attitude coming out of you, and I think this applies to you as well, is she goes, you're that guy in the movie. I'm the captain now. Yeah. And she goes, that she goes, I like it. She goes, that's the attitude of the show. The attitude of the show now, which it's never been, is I'm the captain now. And she goes, Have you seen that movie? I go, No, but I know the scene. I've watched it like ten times on that's YouTube, so Dave. It's so great. And so I would say to all of you, take the same approach. Stop being fucked around with. Stop being pushed over. Stop doing it. Be who you are. Stand up for who you are. Uh, stop giving a fuck. I mean, a lot of you give a fuck about shit that you shouldn't worry about, yeah. and don't do it. Stop worrying about it, and just tell people in your life, just go, uh, I'm the captain now. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> just say it straight out. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> and uh, Dave, I got one other shout-out yeah. I have to give, and then we can cover anything you want. A bunch of us have a friend, Melissa, yes. on Facebook. Melissa's Latino. Are you friends with her? Great looking. You know who I'm talking I mean, no, about? No, I'm not sure which one she is. She's so goddamn funny. I can't take it. And she had this thing. She's Latino. And she said, uh, what's the most Caucasian thing you've heard in a long time? And they had a bunch of them that were so goddamn great. And I was dying. But her one friend who's not Caucasian said he was at work. And he heard a white guy say on the phone, uh, newsflash dipshit. And I have used that about 30 times, too. <laughs> dipshit to me is such a great word because I I really don't have any idea what it means. It yeah. just makes me laugh, like nitwit, twerp. Uh, we use all of them all the time because they're just so 1980s. But her guy that wrote, uh, I heard a white guy next to me at work yell, uh, newsflash dipshit on the phone, and he said, I feel... He goes, I feel like I've been energized for the rest of the month. <laughs> and uh, I feel that, too. So if you get uh, if you're having a bad day, use either I'm the captain now or yell at somebody. Uh, Newsflash, dipshit. And you'll feel a lot better about yourself. Do you do you follow uh, Barstool Sports on Twitter at all? Um, no, because those dudes wear me out. They, wear you out. they had they reposted something today from Mickey Mantle. They did it from the time we're doing the show. They did it like four hours ago. Okay. And the, my son showed me the story, and I'm reading it. And basically, it was a letter that the New York Yankees wrote to Mickey Mantle in 1973. Okay. Saying this is the 50th anniversary of Yankee Stadium. We're redoing the stadium. Remember, you and I mm -hmm. were, we, hell, who knows? But we, we, we don't remember. But 
28. But if you uh, if you recall, because I was remembering the movie Bang the Drum Slowly. Yeah. With Robert De Niro, yep. that they play all the Yankee scenes at Chase Stadium. Yeah. And so the reason is they're re- redoing Yankee Stadium, God, changing, changing it around. So they they wrote a letter to Mickey Mantle saying, 50th anniversary, you're a big part of Yankee history. Is there one story about Yankee Stadium that we can share? So Mickey writes back, and it's in his handwriting. Yeah. Okay, and, and I encourage you to look it up because it's so fucking funny. He goes, during a game in the fourth inning, I got a blowjob underneath the, <laughs> the, 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 the stands. <clears throat> And he goes, why are the girls blowing me? And I finish in her mouth. She says, what do you want me to do with this? He goes, how do I know? I'm not a cocksucker. <laughs> and he sends it back to the Yankees. <laughs> I'm like, fucking Mickey sends this thing back to the Yankees. Says, Use that as one of the great Yankee Stadium stories of all time. I was like, holy shit. But that, Did you like that HBO movie, 61? Uh, there are things about it I like, things I didn't like about it. But yeah. yeah, for the most part, I liked it. I think it was Billy Crystal put it together. Yeah, right? right? Yeah, if it was on again, I'd watch it again. Yeah, there, there are things that, that I enjoyed about it. Those two guys yeah. that were in it, uh, Thomas Jane and Barry Pepper, right? Yeah, it's a great How call. How do I yeah. know How that? did you get that? Yeah, you can't tell name. me the third president of the United States. Can't tell you any of it. <laughs> can't tell you any of it. But um, I remember, Dave, what I remember about, you know what, that movie, what uh, I think of when that movie comes on? That movie was on the bus when we were coming yeah. home from spring training. That's right. On the uh, on the trip when Mike cried. Yeah. <laughs> What's on? Um, let's do let's do a little day. San Diego radio. What what a couple of weeks for ninety seven three. The ratings came out and I meant to bring them down with me and I forgot. But look, I'll tell you what it is. Meant twenty five fifty four, which is the key demographic in sports radio. Uh they're zeros. Cilio is a zero. Yeah. Uh, Jim Rome's a zero, and Doug Gottlieb's a zero. It means you're a zero zero from six a.m. to three p.m. Tony and uh, and Ello are a point one. That's amazing. It's amazing because you're the Padres station. Your FM. Your FM. You're right in the middle of the dial. Yeah, you're right there. I mean, it's it's where it should be. It tells you you're you're boring yeah. and you're not. Compelling. I've never, honestly, I've never heard of anyone getting a zero point zero. Not like that. Not no. not when you're not seventeen hundred. Yeah. Or one of those, and then you're losing to the Spanish contemporary station. Uh, a couple of things made me laugh about that. When that happened and those numbers came out, we have a lot of friends in that building, and one of the things they said that Intercom does, just kind of cool, is. They'll bring live bands in and yeah. food in, and it's really a nice way to treat your employees. It's nice. But for me, if the radio station's a zero zero, I'm a competitive guy. I like to fight. Yeah. You know, you, you want that fight. You want to feel like they're in. And right when those numbers came out, people from inside the building were saying, yeah, they're joking around with, hey, watch out for Cilio in the margarita machine. Like, guy's a fucking zero zero. <laughs> Who cares about him? Yeah. How about us? That I get it. Sonny's killing it. Kixie's doing great. Who else is in there? Kason's doing great. Ninety four nine, I think, is doing well. So for the other four, they're they're carrying there. But if I'm if I'm anything to do with the fan right now, and I saw Dan write, "Oh, we're only sixty three days old." You go, dude. That's a Pussy excuse. Your show sucks. Yeah. And then 
You can't even use the argument that 1360 he's Teflon. Is, yeah. How is this guy the Teflon man? Yeah. I mean, and least, I don't want anybody to get fired, but no. he's a dick. Look, at least 1090 can say we have to run so many Mexican spots. It hurts the brand. 1360 can say they're crushing our signal is terrible. You know, they, they can all use that. But yeah. here's the deal. 97.3 in FM station, you should be hitting home runs. Steve's beating them 6-2. to two. Uh, You know, Steve's been on probably, Steve and Ben have been on about the same time that Dan's been on. Yeah. Crushing them. Crushing them. Amazing. So then, so here he is. He's a 0-0. He's the guy a couple of months ago that claimed he had leukemia to get a better seat on the plane. But then, I, I don't know, we saw the story with Brian Colangelo from Philadelphia, the 76ers, whose wife had the burner account. And now, you son of a bitches, man, God, you find everything. People found that Dan had a burner account. Yeah. And Dan's such a dipshit <laughs> that people went back through the tweets that they had done, and Dan had at one point must have owned, like, had his name on the account because he would say, oh, yeah, I had been in, I had attempted to be a wrestler or I called this game on the radio and it puts a link and it shows Dan Cilio pictures and everything else. Well, then within a short period of time, he had changed it to media cop killer. Yeah. And then he he ranks his top five radio host. And he, he puts, now it's under Media Cop Killer. Okay. It's not under his own name. Like, is this guy just playing with Play-Doh in the corner? <laughs> I mean, you're like, dude, come on. So he ranks uh, a guy from WIP number one, ABC number two. He puts himself at number three. Okay. And then another guy, and he puts Jim Rome, who now gives up part of his morning to do a live hit on his show. He buries Jim at number five. <laughs> so if I'm Jim, I'm like, holy yeah. shit, I'm doing a live hit with you? You can't even give me four? You can't give me one or two? You got the guy from Philadelphia, one? You fucking serious? <laughs> and then it just was such a disaster. Well, somebody figured it out, and they shut it down. Oh but God. I'm like, it's like, oh, man. That, 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 again, that's something else. Imagine if you don't have the Padres where you're at. You know, where 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 do you go? It's it's really yeah. strange. First of all, he left a, a place that, you know, obviously he's doing mornings for a couple of years and, he, and he's getting paid and he takes off and does the big fuck you on the way out the door and then he can't even beat those guys. Oh, they're killing him. Yeah, it means his audience didn't give two shits about following him. I'll say this, though. Uh, so Ted's been out and mud-filled in a little bit with Jesse. Yeah. Agler's really good. He man. is good. He is really good. And Agler and Mud and Mud went in and did some yeah. play by play. And then over the weekend in San Francisco, Scan had been in there. Scan did some play by play. Mud and Scan did a great job, yeah. I thought, filling in. It doesn't surprise me. You don't know bad play by play until you hear it. I yeah. listened to a minor league baseball game the other day through the computer because a kid that coach was playing. Yeah. It was terrible. It bad. was so fucking bad. The, the guy <laughs> says three times. I saw it in the notes, and of course I didn't write it down. Oh boy! So fuck it. I mean, he was, yeah. he was so, so bad, and you're going, "Oh my god, dude! One day you plan to be in the major leagues, but you're yeah. never going to get the call because you're so freaking bad." I'm always amazed how good Vasquez is. Yeah, I, I know we've all heard Vasquez for years, but you see Vasquez on Sunday Night Baseball 
doing these national broadcasts and you see him, you know, all the time, in big time events. He is so freaking good. And you he's go, great. man, we were lucky that we had him for the short time we did. But man, he's outstanding. Orsillo's great. Yeah, Orsillo is great. But I, I will say Agler to me and Jesse did a podcast with Mark that's really funny. Uh, I haven't heard all of them, but I heard the one that Agler did with Mud about life on the road. Yeah. Really, really funny. Mud's a lunatic. <laughs> um, but Agler is a play-by-play guy. You go, God damn, he's really good. And then Mud went up there and did, uh, as Ted was coming back, um, Mud went up and did some play-by-play and was really good. And then Scan, too. I, I just thought for those guys, man. It's really cool. Good for those guys to go up. And that allowed Annie to go do the game for a little bit and off and running. There you go. You know, speaking of your, the, the San Diego Padres, while I was gone, mm-hmm. I'm all of a sudden reading about Manny Machado. Yeah. I'm reading about this team can make it. Look, the team has never been even 500 with Andy Green. Just yeah. hold on a second, everybody. Let's let's wait for this process thing to to go about it. Uh, uh, Craig Elston wrote about it today on Twitter. Oh I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with him more when he says, you know, what are we doing? You know, Manny Machado would be kind of like the Celtics trading for Kawhi Leonard. There's no guarantee he's going to yeah. resign, and more than likely he's not going to resign. The, today on Sunday Night Baseball, as we do this broadcast, we have the Phillies Nationals game on. They made a point that Buster said it, your guy. He said Machado's going to go to the Phillies because I bet my house on it. He's, really? He said he's going to the Phillies as a free agent. All the guys that worked for the Phillies were guys that developed him and signed him, and he has to a play great relationship. Short? To play shortstop and saying this guy has such a good relationship with the Phillies that Machado will be a Philadelphia Philly next year. What about that young kid that the Phillies had, the stud prospect, now mind blanking, but he's the kid that they wanted to get into the lineup, kind of like their version of Tatis, why they moved Galvis out here. They're going to move him to second base. Okay. They're moving him to second base. And it's funny, again, the, the Phillies are a team that got killed with Doing finances horribly wrong. Yeah, paying guys like Chase Utley and and Cole Cole Hamels and got Cliff Lee. You know yeah. all those guys, just a ton of money. Ryan Howard, all these guys, a, money, a ton of money where they couldn't get out of it. And finally, next year they get out of it. Nice. And so uh, anyway, he was saying Machado's going there. But look, we'd love to have Machado in San Diego if they were contending. But they aren't contending. They're ten and yeah, a half out right gonna, now in June. Yeah, but you're not going to sign him for three hundred yeah. million. No, but- you're, that's what I'm saying. You aren't going to sign him three hundred million. He's not going to stay. Why would you sit there and risk giving up really probably t- four of your top prospects? But here's what I liked about it. Yeah. I, I just liked for a minute that we were talking about it. Right? Did, I did mean, you enjoy were, it? Sure. Again, I was, I was you know, in a different sure. state. But yeah, that's when I, mean, I was reading on Twitter that it's it's Machado. It's, it's so – it's he's such a big name. I was just listening yesterday about what it would take to get DeGrom to the Yankees. Yeah. The Yankees have to give yeah. up their four top guys – yeah. To, to get him. And you go, well, is it worth it trying to win the World Series this year for DeGrom? Or do you say, shit, we're going to trade all these guys? You know, and, well, it, and it, it's, a, it's a tough question to ask. Where are you as an organization? I, I think, too, you have to be realistic. Like I saw Scott Miller said that the Padres believe for Brad Hand that they should be able to get a prospect like Torres that the Yankees got for Chapman. Yeah. You go, hang, hang on a second. And not just based on Sunday that Brad Hand lost the game. Brad Hand's been great. But you go, Chapman was just at a different level, right? Yeah. Chapman's kind of at that Kimbrel type level. I mean, you got four guys for Kimbrel. Brad Hand's been great. And, and, but uh, I don't, shit, probably got, probably got Tatis for James Shields. Yeah, he did. Never say never. But I, I do think, and look, it happens with every fan base. Every fan base. 
you think your prospects are much greater than they are. The Yankees are notorious for it, from Jabba to anybody else that they thought all these guys were amazing. Uh, and try Funny, to sell. Phil Hughes high. was one of those guys. Phil Hughes was one of those guys. Ian Jabba Kennedy, was. Jabba. Yeah, yeah, they all came. Uh, what that idiot? Uh, uh, Brian Mitchell. Yes. Perella. Yes. All these dummies. Um, but but they all, yeah, that's the way it is. You you always hype them big. Look, you said something about Elston. God damn. What what world did he and Gennaro live in? These two fucking guys shooting their mouth off all the time. Let me just say this. I'm not going to rehash the whole argument that they had. Somebody, it started with Pete and Point Loma. Yeah. Pete and Point Loma was talking about, I, I don't remember what, but he gave credit to this show for being entertaining. And then here comes High Horse Elston, who fucking admitted the other day he's been in the market 20 years. He filled in on Scott BR, and he said nobody knew his goddamn name. <laughs> That's Craig's words, not mine. Was, but he ho- was he hosting? No, he filled in for Welby. Oh, my gosh. And sent out a bunch of really creepy pictures on Twitter. That was bad advice. Don't do that. Trying to get your job in the NHL. Calm down. But all of a sudden, him and fucking Gennaro are the are the know-it-alls of everything. I'm just going to say this. Regarding this show, it applies to terrestrial radio. It applies to satellite radio. Yeah. If you're good at what you do, people will find you. Advertisers will find you. Yes. And if you're not then they won't give a shit, and you'll draw a zero, 0 I find Woods entertaining. I find Darren entertaining. But I find Stern entertaining. And I I think people like what we do. Let me just say, okay, I like Craig and John fine. Shut the fuck up. There's never been a day in my career when I've wondered what either one of you two fucking thought about what I should do tomorrow. Be happy that you're able to pay your bills doing something you love because I'm happy for you as somebody who likes both of you. Yeah. But come the fuck down off your high horse. Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm the podcast manager for Bleacher Report. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> who gives a fuck? I'm glad you pay your bills. You're not the fucking shortstop of the Yankees. Calm the fuck down. Stop taking yourself so serious. You guys do a nice yeah. show. Dallas does a nice show. Everybody, does. I'm happy for Woods in his 99 goddamn podcast makes me laugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these guys. I would say to both of those guys, be happy with the fact, Craig. You you had a. I don't know what happened with the goals, but you were that was really fun. Now figure out, turn your energy. <clears throat> To say, how do I take that and take it the next step and go do it? Yeah. Don't worry about Twitter and worrying about this fucking show or any other show. We'll worry about this show. Like we've done for 20 years. It's why we've got $7,000 in the bank for local charities. It's why we have the best agent in the world in Heather Cohen. It's why we have the best sponsors in the world and why people care. And if that changes, then Dave and I are fucked. But I tell you what, on that day when we're fucked, neither one of us is going to get up in the morning and go, well, I guess we better take Gennaro to breakfast. Jesus Christ, you fucking dummy. Shut up. I keep waiting for you to use the keyword dipshits. 
<laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, Woods is paying his bills. Darren's yeah. paying his bills. Stern's paying his bills. Cap's paying his bills. Yeah. Hardwick. Let's get into Nick in a second. Speaking of paying your bills, uh, want to mention the guys over at Taylor Made Pools. Oh, Alan, yeah. Alan Taylor's the best. I'm telling you. My I, boy. Alan was in Arizona with me for the week. Alan he is, was? He's the greatest guy going. Yeah, because he, he has a son that played on the team I was with. Alan's such a good guy. I'm so glad he's part of the show. Again, Alan has been extremely well, busy thanks to Craig you Craig and John have a few ideas about how he can run his business better. Here's how you call Alan right now. Fix okay. that pool that you have. Or if you're looking for that brand-new perfect pool, Alan's number, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. years in the business. Taylor May Pools is the way to go. New construction on commercial, residential. Full remodels, commercial, residential. They do it all. New equipment, repairs, pool resurfacing, installation. Don't wait any longer. you got to give Alan Taylor a call. It's very simple to contact him again. 619-449-4452. You can also follow him on Twitter at TMadePools. I walk around all the time in my TaylorMade Pool shirt. Yeah. I completely fucked up the sky blue one, which was my favorite one out of the group. Fucked it up on a day in Temecula. So now I may have to cut the sleeves off, run around like uh, like I'm Chuck Zito. Pool cleaner. <laughs> but the good thing is, uh, the thing that I love the most is when people stop me and ask pool questions because I am very happy to give an answer. Yeah, they're wrong. Yeah. But I say, hey, call me tomorrow in the office. I'll get it cleared up. <laughs> Look, it is uh, one thing I've noticed driving around San Diego recently is, God dang, is it dry? Look at the grass on the side. You're we'll tell kidding. you about Barkley Landscaping in a minute. But when you see it that dry, we were out today. God, I've been everywhere today. Uh, was out in Alpine today. Felt like it was about 88 degrees out there. And my son said to me, he goes, man, wouldn't it be great to have a pool right here? And you go, yeah. Yeah. If you've been thinking about that pool. Or, Dave, I think it's most important for the people that have already have a pool. But maybe it's kind of lost a bit of luster. Yep. Call Alan. Have him come out. Pump a, pump a little life into that baby. Get it up and running. And make sure you mention the Dave and Jeff podcast. He's going to take good care of you. Doesn't mean you're going to get a shirt. Don't get excited. <laughs> or one of the greatest pens in the history of mankind. My tailor-made pool pen is the greatest pen ever. Every time I see Trump yeah. signing that paperwork, I'm like, fuck you, dude. Get a tailor-made pool pen. Then come talk to me. <laughs> Speaking of uh, other guys to help you out to put that pool right there behind the perfect house, it's Brian Curry. Brian Curry oh. is your number one broker. He's your guy selling real estate in San Diego County for the last 20 years. You name what, Brian Curry can do it. He can put you in the right neighborhood. He can make your living situation that much better. It would be the best call you make. Brian's number is 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Also, Brian wants to let you know he's not just your guy for finding the new house. He's also your guy for property management. Good. If you need someone to manage your property, call Brian. He is your guy. Right now, it seems like a lot of people are going that direction and saying, hey, you know, I'm in a situation right now. I want to hold on to this house, but I don't want to be the guy that's involved with the people renting my house. Yeah. Brian Kerr is your guy. Yeah. that Dave, that is a major, major headache. We talked about the property in Rolando. Yep. They That guy, they were trying to run that guy out. They couldn't find a way to do it. I mean, renters can be a major headache. But for me, um, we're getting closer. Getting yep. closer to September to the time when I'm moving. And the great thing has been 
When I've been out with my son, uh, we were out yesterday in Encinitas, Carlsbad, Lucadia. And I like this game that I play with them. And I don't think it'll score them much later <laughs> on. But I say, God, look at these houses right here. Isn't this a great neighborhood? And he goes, yeah, it's great. And I always tell him the same thing. I'm like, well, if you and your brother weren't such fucking pussies, I could move up here. But shit. I guess I'll move down to Rolando where we shoot at people all night. Thanks. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. But That's so funny. Uh, I don't cuss at my sons. <laughs> that conversation never took place. But believe me, there's a part of me when you drive around Encinitas or Lucadia they're building all kinds of yeah. new properties. You go, God damn, man. Downtowns, I don't know where all the money comes from, right? But but for me, the, the thing that has been the saving grace for me during this entire time, all joking aside, is knowing that I have Curry on my side. Yep. Because otherwise, I would be freaking out. I have a buddy of mine right now who got moved out of an apartment in Oceanside is commuting to Carlsbad every day from Newport Beach. Newport Beach. And he's trying to find an apartment and doing whatever he's trying to do. And great guy. But I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. Brian's got bigger fish to fry than this kid right here, right? He's a ham and egger. I love him to death. He's family to me. But he's commuting back and forth. Now, when he's ready to buy, <clears throat> which will be in a couple of years, first guy he's going to call is Brian Curry. Perfect. He knows it, and I know it. But... It's just you got to have the right person on your side so that when you walk in, you don't get shafted. I have a great lawyer for what I'm going through. Yep. Right. You go, OK, well, you're going through that. You just when you're dealing with business, Dave, it's so important to know what you don't know. And, and especially when you're signing off on something for 30 years. It's why BC is our guy. And we're he thrilled. Is. And he'll be there August 1st, too. Absolutely. This is a former Navy guy. Yep. I want, uh, go, go ahead. Uh, okay, I want to tell you, August 1st, a couple things that I uh, have down that, just to, just to let you know, you and I haven't even discussed it. So I went down to Eastlake Country Club. That's where we're going to get together yep. August 1st for this part, Dave and Jeff party and fantastic charity event. One is it's starting at 5 o'clock, okay? All right. It's going to run from 5, closes around 9.30, but whatever. 5 o'clock, four and a half hours. It's plenty Perfect. of time for you it's guys great. to sit there and do your thing. It's Perfect. Gonna, sun doesn't set till about 8 o'clock. It's going to be extremely Beautiful. nice. It's gonna, you're going to have a fantastic time. The people at Eastlake Country Club couldn't have been nicer and excited to have everybody there. Great. Um, second thing is uh, you talked about the new items as far as the Padres going yep. in the McKenzie Gore balls, which everyone is already renting to us. How much to buy it outright right now? People are yeah, asking. The people no. want to forget about the bid. They want to, They just want it. <clears throat> so we have multiple McKenzie Gore balls. So, so yep. it's fantastic. Not just one guy's going to get it. The other thing is Jalen Hurts, quarterback at the University oh, of Alabama. Man. How about this? Is sending a football from Alabama's football offices, sending it for the same thing, for the same cause. Heard about the cause, the ah. whole deal, and he's sending an autograph football. Football alone's one hundred and twenty bucks. His yeah, autograph on it makes it worth something. So if you know anyone outside of me that's a big Alabama fan. You go ahead, and uh, Jalen Hurts was nice enough. The University of Alabama was nice enough to supply the football that night as well. Uh, yeah, the Padre things, like we said, Trevor Hoffman signed ball. Uh, Mud and Don are signing a ball. We're going to get a signed baseball from Ted. Um, and then we'll, uh, you know, Pomeranz. And Why not, man? It'll all be fun. Um, H.J. Preller hit me up. He said, hey, I've got a signed Randy Jones hat and a Jim Palmer baseball. Wow. And the San Diego Seals, like I told you, have been great. Uh, Eastside Country Club has golf for four we're going to auction off. 
Matt Coyle, four books, the first four books in his series, first edition books. Jim Trotter, I've got two of the sale books in my car signed. Um, my buddy Steve Hamilton, who I'm such a fan of, uh, <clears throat> New York Times bestselling author, reached out to him, said, this is what I'm doing. He goes, dude, we're in. And he goes, Winslow's traveling. Don Winslow's sending stuff. Those guys mean a lot to me personally because uh, there's some of the favorite stuff I did were interviews with those guys, and they've been friends for a while. That's just cool stuff. The Gulls have stepped up, and I know I'm forgetting people, and I don't mean to, but it is going to be an amazing night. We are going to shut down uh, the GoFundMe page next week, July 1st. We're shutting it down because Sean Walchef from Cali Comfort uh, is coming and bringing dinner for everybody. I got to be able to give him a head count so he can prepare. Uh, Tad Ryan and Dis uh, Disappointing Joseph are our band that night. I love those guys. I had a listener said they were playing the, the 5K. Yep. And a listener came up and said, hey, man, can't wait to see you on August 1st. That's cool. Uh, so that's going on. It's a $25 donation. $25 donation gets you in the door. If you can go as high as 300 which a bunch of you have done, it's been incredible, um, that will get you back in the door for another live event that we're going to do later this summer at, uh, at Cali Comfort. But I'll tell you what we've said <clears throat> to everybody. Every nickel that comes in is going out. Yep. And so we're just putting it together. Uh, Bob McElroy... Uh, John Van Zanti at Rancho Costa. Bob McElroy is with the Alpha Project downtown. Um, so thrilled to call him a friend. What they do without seeking the spotlight, just helping the homeless on a day-to-day -day basis for more than 35 years, incredible. We talked about suicide awareness, and suicide awareness is something that means a lot for what Dave's dad went through. We've chosen Yellow Ribbon San Diego as our suicide awareness group. Why we've chosen them is the money will stay here in San Diego and they go out to the high schools because um, Dave's got kids that have just gotten through high school. He's coached kids that are going into high school. My sons are getting ready for sixth grade. Suicide affects all of us. It affects it when it's somebody like Dave's father. It's Anthony Bourdain. It's Kate Spade. It's Chris Cornell, it's Chester Bennington, the list goes on and on and on. But when you hear a high school kid, um, it just, they're they're all terrible. Yeah. But that just, to me, is strikes home. Yellow Ribbon San Diego is right here, and they go out in the communities and do things to help kids that need it. We've chosen Yellow Ribbon San Diego as, our benef uh, as the people that will benefit from your donations. That'll keep money here and we'll go to high schools locally and try to help some kids that desperately need it. Stand Up to Cancer uh, is our other one. And, of course, last but not least, Charity Water uh, that do just unbelievable things, bringing clean water to third world countries. So um, I'm just so proud of everybody that has come together for this, everybody who has done it, every part that you have played in promoting this um, means so much to me. It means so much to Dave, but it's Jim Trotter. It's the Padres. It's the Seals. It's the Gulls. It's John Conniff and Matt Fryers. Yeah. It's uh, it's Wayne Partello and the Padres. 
and and everybody else that it's Matt Coyle and Steve Hamilton and Don Winslow and all of you uh, that have done so many things. Jojo Tarantino. I mean, the list of people that have come together that said, hey, I got your back and I want to help you. Uh, it's great because it's, it just shows the power. It goes back to what I said. It does. Terrestrial radio uh, isn't better than podcasts, and podcasts aren't better than satellite. Satellite's not better than than it. It's when you can come together and do something that's pretty cool. Uh, Dave and I are just kind of the traffic cops. It's all you guys that are keeping this thing together, and it's a whole lot of fun to be a part of. You see that soccer fan just took his own life because of Messi, because the, in the World Cup, Messi's team was out. And hey, so the guy in Croatia takes his life, leaves a note, and the whole thing had to do with because he couldn't deal with the loss and couldn't deal with Messi, his hero, not playing any further. I don't, uh, I don't, you know, Dave, man, it'd be easy to, to joke on no, this No, I'm not stuff, joking but, at all. Yeah, I'm just no, saying to, to show you how people, honestly, this is it. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And just like you said at the very beginning, and I've said this before too, life's like a roller coaster. You just don't know how long you're going to be at the bottom before you start yeah. coming up. So when you're at your lowest moment, you got to remember, you're always going to get right back up to the top. You got to... What I said to that friend of mine was um, what changed the most is good conversation, great dinners, laughter, music, alcohol, therapy, <laughs> meds, uh, right? I mean, my kids. Yes. Combination of everything. And what that is to me was getting out, living your life again, living your life. Yep. Like I said to her tonight, I said, you know what I want to do this year? I go, I want to go see a show at the Viper Room. She goes, let's fucking go. Let's go. I'm like, shit, yeah. Um, so it's like, you go, yeah, let's go to the Viper Room. See, I've never seen a show there. Who cares? We'll be the oldest people. Who that's gives a fuck? As, I go, let's go to whiskey and let's go, you know, do shots at the yeah. Rainbow and live life, man. It's it's it. But um, what I found from people that I have talked to, and you're the, the living, breathing example of it, is what that guy does is tragic enough. The the people he leaves behind yeah. um, are the ones greatly impacted by it, and it's incredibly, incredibly sad. And so all of you coming together, uh, helping homeless, helping the animals, bringing clean water, suicide, man, we're doing a good thing, and, and all of you, whether you drive each other nuts with your thoughts on Padre trades or anything else, uh, just be thankful that that we're all part of it. And and that goes for all my buddies on 1090. Uh, and as much as I tease Johnny Gennaro and Craig Elston, they've been incredibly supportive of this, and I love those guys for doing that. Stevie Woods has been great. Scott Kaplan retweets everything, which Darren has been great about it. Um, and all those guys, and I'm just incredibly grateful to all of them. We bust balls all day long yep. because Costa has been great um, because they're all family. But at the end of the day, I hope those guys all know how much we appreciate it because it's been great. And Lisa Ann on Twitter. If oh, my girl. Today, What's was, going on with her? Without a doubt was saying nothing could hold her back from showing up on August. Is that 4th. what she said? Yes. that was It was awesome that today she was very active talking about the event and how important it is that she's here August 1st in San Diego. Okay, so let's talk on Lisa Ann. I want to get to Hardwick, and I, I want to talk about my friend Dick Warren before we get okay. out of also, here. Also, i got a Nick Canepa thing I want to mention. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that idiot, too. <laughs> He's making me crazy. So Lisa Ann uh, has been really great. And what makes what, – and I'll tell you this, too. What makes me kind of sad is that – 
when I'm dealing with people and raising money for the charity event, I have to almost leave that out. I have to leave that element out, and it bums me out because even as we sit here in 2018, people can't always get by the adult film star. I think all of you that are there, uh, I would say any of you that listen to the interview, um, if she doesn't come across as somebody that you cheer for and you go, man, yeah. I've never met her in my life, but God, I love her. Yeah. She, and and you go, she's lived a million more lives than I'll ever live, but what a cool person that is living the life. And you go, I, I just want to hang. With, I just want to meet her yeah. and see what she's all about. She's been so great. For this show and this call. It was her idea. Yep. It was her idea to say, let's do something for charity. And so I said to her, hey, what do you think about suicide? Her friend, uh, August Ames, David, right? Yep. August Ames took her life. She goes, Jeff, Dave, absolutely. Let's do it. Lisa Ann was the one who said, let's start this thing. And while she's doing all of her stuff, she got the ball rolling. Uh, excuse me. It's not sugar. Don't even look at it. I love sugar. Uh, but people, we're just, we're a society where people can't get by it. And it's like, look, I, if, if you thought I didn't give a fuck before, believe me, I, I couldn't give less of a fuck if your feelings are hurt by that. Then don't show up. Yeah. Don't show up. She was the one who said to me, hey, what are we doing? Let's put a charity event together and get going. And we got seven grand in the bank tonight. We're going to raise 10 grand. Bob McElroy doesn't give a shit. John Van Zanti doesn't give a shit. They're thrilled that, exactly. that this community has come together. And they're like, wow, that's quite a yeah. story. We don't hear that too often. <laughs> Usually we hear people went bowling and raised some money. But goddamn, you guys, uh, you get after it. Um, but she has been promoting on Twitter for about two months that she was going to Italy. Yep. And the girl who promoted the trip started following me and Dave on Twitter and probably started following a lot of you on Twitter. This girl completely fucked Lisa Ann over. Tried to steal money from her. She's in a hotel where there's bed bugs about the size of your fist. That's crazy. And Tara Patrick, who was another porn star that told Lisa to do it, and Lisa's just calling these two chicks out on Twitter. Yeah. God bless her, man. I love it. And uh, so, hey, I would just say from San Diego, like she's got... Two million followers. I'm sure she's getting a ton of shit. Just say, hey, I heard Dave and Jeff mention it. I'm thinking about you. I hope you're okay. If any of you have traveled to Italy, if any of you have thoughts for somebody that doesn't speak the language, who got fucked over by her traveling partner and and openly said, I'm surviving with Google Translate. <laughs> um, if you have any thoughts for her, but I, I just tried to send her some stuff today to keep her laughing and to let her know we're thinking about her. My yeah. God, that's scary. That's some crazy stuff. That, that's insane. You I, ever traveled? You, what's the furthest you've ever dude, traveled? I haven't traveled far. I've been to, been to New York. I've been on both coasts. I've been to but you've never Cabo. Been, I've been to Cabo, been to Hawaii. Cabo. That's it. I mean, honestly, Hawaii, I guess, must be the furthest. But no, my wife's in Italy right now. It's it's 15-hour flight. I have no yeah. desire to get on a plane for 15 hours. Tell Rita, go bail her out. They can stay together. <laughs> You know, it's funny. The first picture my wife sent from Italy was right outside George Clooney's house. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Who's she hanging out there with? Vince Vaughn? <laughs> the very first picture is right outside George Clooney's George house. Hamilton? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I said it. Out of high school, I lasted two days at Palomar. And I moved to London. 
And while I was in London, one of my good buddies from Minneapolis came. His name was Mike Paoli. Love him to death, man. We rode motorcycles together. We traveled. And when you're traveling and you're traveling, and we were, we were in France and Spain and Portugal. They're not English-speaking countries. It can get incredibly challenging. And what was really great for me was, Mike, we were 19 at the time. Mike's smoking a pipe, and he's reading Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And uh, and he just thought everything that we traveled, he, he nailed it immediately, Dave. He said, every bump in the road we hit today, we are going to laugh at in 25 years, so just ride the wave. Yeah. And we're, you know, it was crazy, man. It was crazy, but... Uh, we traveled, and he was so great, and lifetime worth of memories. You know, the two I've always I've said on this podcast, well, I'll repeat it. Um, we were in a train in Spain, and we got in, and anybody who's done those trains, it's a bench seating, and we're on this train for seven hours, and it's four people here and four people, Dave, where you are. Yeah. It's much closer. Move you in a foot and a half, and that's how close it is. So it's me and Mike. And then it's uh, uh, a father, a wife, a grandmother, and two kids rounding out the uh, rounding out the car. Okay. So Mike says, uh, "Man, I gotta I gotta walk around. I gotta go figure this out. It's gonna be a long seven hours." So he gets up and gets out of the train car. So in the time that he's gone. Um, I start asking 19-year-old Dotseth starts asking <laughs> father who's probably 40, you know, English? You guys speak English at all? You understand it? Nothing, man. No Glazed shit. over. Mom's probably about the same. Kids are probably like nine and six. And grandma's about 80. Okay. English? Guys, hi, how are you? Disneyland? Mickey Mouse? <laughs> anything? And just zero. So I just keep trying, nothing, hi, baseball, right. Mickey Mantle, nothing, nothing, nothing. So 10 minutes goes by and Mike comes back and sits down and he just kind of, you know, stretching his neck and doing the whole thing. And I'm just kind of sitting there, I'm just kind of looking around and I go, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. And he goes, yeah, what's that? And I go, I think I'm about ready to fuck Graham over here. <laughs> And he, he he lost his mind. What? Uh, I'm going to fuck her silly. Look at that silly shit. I'm going to fuck her. And I may take mom down too. And if dad doesn't watch it, who knows? He may get some too. And he he just. Freaking out. He freaked out. Hey, Mike, they don't speak any English. Calm down. He's like, oh, my God. I thought I was going to have a stroke. Um. So yeah, that was just great. <laughs> and we uh, we got off the train in in Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal. We'd been on this train forever, and we my kids think it's great. I cannot drink red wine to this day because for the six weeks we we're on the train, we we're so broke. We literally survived on warm red wine, and uh, you'd get like these loaves of sourdough bread and like little tubs of warm. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> And so we were just fucked up and we'd jump off the train, do all this shit. But we got off the train in Portugal and we've been on another long ride coming out of Spain into Portugal. And there's this dude in like a black pinstripe suit with a mint green shirt on. And he's like, hey, man, 
You want some stuff? And I go, what? You want some stuff? Stuff? What are you selling? My buddy Mike's just like, God damn it. <laughs> Hash. And I go, no, but can I get a picture? Guy goes, what? Can I get a picture? Yeah. I'm like, take the picture. Mike's like, fuck. <laughs> Do I got a picture? I still have it. Of me and the hash dealer, but uh, <laughs> 19 years old. But um, we went back to London, and I said goodbye to him in London. And he yeah. came back here, and again, like a guy flew, uh, flew motors, uh, flew airplanes, helicopters, and he moved to Alaska. He moved to Alaska, then he took people on tours, and he was learning how to fly a better airplane. And the guy crashed into a mountainside. It killed him. Wow. Killed him when he was 24 years old. And I think about him so often, and, and you just go, fuck, man. That's why, like, when we say don't give a fuck, yeah. if you deal with people, fuck it. Man, that guy, that was the one of the greatest dudes I've ever known in my life. Gone at 24. Wow. He wasn't even flying. The guy flying. Ran it right into the side of the mountain. And you just go, shit. But, uh, yeah, man. That's why it's like, <laughs> yeah. I go, yeah. Uh, luckily, she has somebody with her. Uh, she wrote that has kind of that same personality that Mike had and is keeping her calm cool. because that's what you need to do. Play the play the game by their yeah. rules. But, yeah, we're thinking about her. All right. Um, we'll get in a can up in a second, but I want to ask you about the Hardwick situation. Oh, my God. What a dipshit. <laughs> what the, what's going what on? What is he doing? You, you're the first one that told me that he gave up the Charger job. He's going like, to regret that. Oh, he'll regret that by next week. Yeah. I mean – Look, here's the deal. He, he stepped in it big time last year. We all yeah. saw it. He hasn't recovered from it. If you're going to keep one job, keep that job. Yes. That's the one to keep. Yes. He's got the worst agent ever. Yeah. I mean, damn, man. Are you insane? It's, yeah, Broadway Danny Rose represented. It's the NFL. The only 32 of those jobs. You have an organization that has forgiven you basically to go fuck yourself. And then here you are. You're with an organization that is in the number two media market. You've already yeah. embraced it. There's nothing you can yeah. do. You've already gone through the bad part of it. Nothing you do from this point on is going to fix it. No. What the hell are you thinking giving up the NFL? Uh, right. Let's just be real clear up front before we go any further. I'm a huge fan of him as a guy. Oh, I am too. Okay. So I'm well aware of what Okay, he, so if he's standing to you before he makes the decision, Jeff, what do you think I should I, do? I talk him out of it because yeah. I'm a legit friend, which he clearly doesn't have enough of. <laughs> Um, I, I will say this. I am very aware of what he did and how Charger fans feel about him, and I get that completely. But he is somebody that I consider a friend, and I like him a lot. So let me let me just be real clear up front about that. Um, so Nick, a couple of weeks ago, determined on his show because he said he's been carrying the weight of what he did to the community. And he did a thing on his show, and he talked about it. He talked about how he got caught up in the moment. I found it interesting um, where he said, yeah, I got caught up in the moment. It's right about when the podcast started, and he initially quit that. And Dave and I said, there's only 30 of these jobs, and you're going to regret giving that up. Yeah. Or 32, yeah. Uh, you're going to regret giving that up because you're a guy that loves the camaraderie and everything else. So Nick does the apology. Not gonna work in this town, man. Yep. It's not gonna work. You've already you've already stuck the knife in the heart of people that believed in you, and they're not they're not gonna. Re you're just not gonna be forgiven. 
um, in my opinion. Maybe some people will, but there are a lot of people where that hurt runs deep, and this idea that you're going to do engaging or compelling charger talk, fuck you. Get your get a grasp of the market, man. Nobody wants to hear how exciting chargers are. They fucked this town over. Do you get it? Do program directors get it? Do the hosts get it? Does anybody fucking get it? Dave, if you and I were there and somebody came in and said, hey, you know what, guys, we're going to do charger talk. Get out of here. Where were you? We're not putting Tom Telesco on. Nobody gives a shit what Tom Telesco thinks. Cilio jerks him off in the morning. Nobody hears it. <laughs> I would never in my life book Tom Telesco or Anthony Lynn, a great the Anthony Lynn story is Philip Rivers, any of them, because I live in this community. I yep. get it, you dickhead. So Nick had already made his bed that he was going to be the analyst, and I respect it. A, I think he's really good at it. B, he's part of that team. And C, the decision was made. But now he's determined that instead of being the analyst, and, and I know, Dave, they were running. He had to go up to L.A. a lot. Like, he wasn't just calling the game on yeah. Sundays. Getting practices, doing stuff on the side on different TV things. Yeah, doing a lot of things up there. But he's now giving the analyst job up, giving it up again to continue doing the morning show with Judd. I, I, if I'm his agent, if he has our agent, Heather, yeah. she's like, you're out of your mind. Here's the deal. Make it make it kind of easy for people to understand. So let's say you have a four share, okay? A four share. Look at it just like you would a grades. A mm -hmm. four share is an A. Yeah. A, a B is a three share. A yeah. C is a two share. A one is a D share. A zero is an F. Yeah. They have a one share. Yeah. A one oh. And I don't even think they have the one oh. I think that's Colin Coward who has the one oh. But my point is you have one thing that isn't going anywhere. The NFL isn't going anywhere. Nick now, and like, Judd are doing much better than the herd. And so twenty five fifty. Is that right? Yep. Good good for them. I honestly I, yeah. I, 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 I like both those guys. Yeah. No, a lot of good. people think there's animosity because oh, that's got it. no, not at all. So here's the deal. It's still the NFL. It's the goddamn NFL. Well, you're 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 part of again the thirty two, you're you're aren't going anywhere. The Spanos family likes him. Yeah. You know, the the Chargers Everybody like him. There are players on the team that he played with that obviously he has access to that other people don't. And no matter what happens when guys retire and they disappear, he's still always going to be known as that guy was a player here. He was a player here for a long time. He will yeah. always have access to guys in the NFL. And even if the Chargers aren't his future, the NFL Network's in L.A. Right. The I mean, there's a lot of shit. It's all going to be yeah. right there where that stadium is. Yeah. And he's good. When you're walking away from it, I, man, I, I don't get it, especially for a season that's only 16 weeks. I don't get it. Uh, yeah. And so here, here's the other problem. When he made his announcement, he said, instead of being in the stadium, I'm going to be on my couch cheering for this team and, and looking for the Super Bowl. Okay. Again, <laughs> you live in a community. You work in a community. You go out to Padre games in a community that had their heart ripped out by the team. And I understand that you gave it up, and I understand your apology, but when you come back two days later and you're like, hey, man, we're all in. Let's go get it. Nobody wants to hear that. What you are is that one guy in the group that continues to go out to the club with Dave's ex-girlfriend and her girlfriends. Yep. And we're all going, what the fuck, man? Okay? Completely uh, clueless on this topic. Completely.
you you absolutely, if you are going to try to stuff Charger Talk down the throat of your audience, and look, man, maybe there are people in this town that just go, hey, I couldn't afford the game. I couldn't afford the games to go. I, listen, I watch the game on TV. I listen down the radio. It doesn't impact me. That's fine. There is absolutely no way as a guy that grew up in this town that has had a town treat me very, very well, I would not insult the intelligence of the people that have been nice enough to support you and me by acting like, hey, look who it is, everybody. (laughs) Hey, here he comes. Check it out. It's Casey Hayward. It's Jason Verrett. Bullshit, man. I'd be like, dude, we'll talk the NFL. We'll talk the NFL in general terms, and we will talk about 31 teams. Unless that goddamn team's undefeated, and we're like, but I will just say this. Here's the thing to take comfort in when you read that bullshit Andy Benoit article about how great they were, and then Peter King and his bullshit. Remember the one thing that we always know. The national media is paying attention to them, and everything looks great. In their heart and their soul, they are always the Chargers. You know it. I know it. Dave knows it. Peter King doesn't know it. Andy Benoit clearly no. doesn't know it. Nick Hardwick clearly doesn't know it. But And I love Nick. We just disagree. You got people, family members that disagree about politics. I think it's cutting your own throat if you go in and try to act like the Chargers matter. Because where were you? You watch people. You've seen what it did to this town. Why Why would you continue to, to shove it down their throat? Um. Just always remember, they're the Chargers. Yep. They fucked Junior. They fucked Kellen Sr. They fucked Dan Fouts. Rodney right? Harrison. Rodney. Weddle. The list goes on and on. Yep. Yeah. That's the other thing about Who's- fucking Gennaro I'm sick of. <laughs> fucking idiot. Kyle Kraska writes this thing the other day on Twitter. And then Gennaro, big mouth. Ah, look, he's got a picture with Weddle. Typical. Weddle's fucking making a donation, yeah. by the way, signed jersey to this thing. Any of you fucking dicks that have a problem with Weddle, I don't get that either. Uh, his agent, I, I've already said I hated the way his agent handled it. Yeah. But they fucked that guy over, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. And Weddle's only left here, and if you look at pro football focus, has gone down and still is one of the best safeties in the NFL. First year away from the Chargers, who's ranked as the best safety in the NFL. Incredibly good guy. Yeah. And how long did it take the Chargers to replace him? Took him right now in the draft to get Derwin yeah. James. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's I, the nature of the yeah, business. Yeah, but at the same time, you had a guy that, fuck, if you would have done this right, Love you being been here. one less hole you have to worry about. Love being here. Fuck. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. And immediately... Yeah. When I called and said, the first guy I called, by the way, and I will say this again, when my buddy died last year and his 16-year-old son sat there heartbroken, getting ready to fly back to New York because my best friend of 35 years died the night before, the first guy I texted was Weddle. I said, my, my buddy's son is heartbroken. He doesn't know what to do. My phone rang 10 seconds later. So here, let me make this real clear to John Gennaro or anybody else. If you got a fucking problem with Eric Weddle, I'll beat the fucking shit out of you because you're a fucking loser if you think that guy's a loser. When I've needed that guy for two different things, he stepped up. And ask yourself, when my friends needed me, did I step up? 
Would I? Do you have somebody like that that can change the mindset of a 16-year-old kid flying home? You got a problem with his agent? Fuck you. I couldn't give less of a shit what you think. What a fucking dink. <laughs> Mr. High Horse. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I, I just, I'm so sick of people that think they know so much that have accomplished so little. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Right, I, I got nothing else. I can't come back from that. I, Fucking I, I, idiot. I, I will point this out on a high note for me. Yeah. That Alicia Summers followed me on Instagram. Yes, her husband followed you? Fuck him. She was the Mary, my F. Mary kill. Uh, you think she hurt? <laughs> I don't know. Out of nowhere. All of a sudden, anyway, it made, made me laugh. I think you got to ruin the mood by mentioning her husband, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, I got to ask you about uh, Canopy here. All, all right, right, let me uh, hear this. All right, I'll, I'll start first. So, Canopy after, because I, I love Nick, but Nick is the ultimate get-off-my-lawn my guy. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy ever. I honestly, is my, this my, about Mike Trout? Two things. No, I have three things I got to mention about Nick, okay? Okay. I told you before, the newspaper, I get it every day. I, I don't look at it except for no. Sunday, guaranteed I will look at it. So after the Warriors win the championship, this mm-hmm. motherfucker comes out and tells me the 1973 Knicks were the greatest oh, team of all time. Oh, shit. Dave DeBusher? <laughs> 45, 45 years ago. God damn it. Look at any of those old classic sports. I swear it's like watching guys play basketball at the Jewish Community Center. <laughs> guys are 20 feet away from each other. Defense yeah. is not in your face. Yeah. And these guys are so good. The court hasn't changed, and these guys are so tall, and their arms are so long. And the defense is insane. Don't give me that bullshit. There's no you couldn't get a two-handed set shot off in today's no. NBA. But he has the nerve to tell me that, hey, forget about the Warriors. The 1973 Knicks were the greatest team I've ever you seen. You got it. And I go, motherfucker. Then he pulls the Mike Trout thing, okay? I, like, is his, I'm looking at this the other day. Yeah. What he's writing. I, I, I'm fine with his love for Mantle and respect for Mantle. Yeah. But, Dave, the way he wrote about Trout with his ridiculous line about his dad saying, hey, he's got to eat a few more beans. Is he saying Mike Trout still has something to prove? Something to prove. The guy's only finished in the MVP oh race first or second every year he's been in the league. Just, I I love, let me just say again. There's about 10 guys on saying. this podcast. I love Gennaro. I love Nick. I love Hardwick. Between the three of them, I don't know who's giving me the bigger headache. <laughs> So, so I wasn't fighting with the guy. I was, he was I, so I, dumb. I His argument him. was so dumb. And I sent him a video that MLB yes. TV did. Did you and watch he, it? Yes. He obviously did not he watch did it. He did not watch That's it. That's what it pissed great. me off, that he didn't watch it. It, it. Compared the two, they even walked the same. Yes. He would have loved it if he would have given it a fucking 30 seconds, but he didn't. And so I, I think everyone else who was following the tweets back and forth were watching the video, and you could tell this guy didn't watch it. So I was like, ah, fuck it. And then, yeah. I, so today, of course, I got to look at the newspaper again, and I'm reading his bullshit. And then <laughs> the one line, it's always a one line in yeah. there where you go, what the fuck? I miss Dan Plant on the team. No, <laughs> who does? Nick, just out of nowhere. I miss Dan Plant sitting at the desk. I think it's a shot at Jason It Ostel. is a shot at Ostel. I miss my girl Elizabeth Alvarez yeah, sitting at the desk. I know, you've been saying that. But all of a sudden, I'm like, Dan Plant? Dan Plant doesn't even own a TV, and he's in TV. <laughs> he says it all the time, which I always think is bad for business. Look like you and I said, we don't even own a radio. What Dan, the fuck? Dan Plant sitting at the desk was, I don't know what that was every day. There was a best clip of Plant the other day where there was a, he was doing a live shot. He was doing a live shot down on the boardwalk. Yeah. And some guy came by him on like a scooter. I know right where this is. This is right at the, like right at uh, Crystal Pier. And Dan looked like he was probably 25, 
25, 40 yards north of Crystal Pier down the boardwalk. Maybe 100 yards. But you know where that is. There's that little corner restaurant place, yeah. the motel, all that things where you can go down to the beach. And Dan's down there doing a live shot. He's talking about anything going on. And this guy, like, flies by him on the scooter out of control, like, goes up on the grass and comes down, and Dan just bursts out laughing. He loved it. <laughs> I have a feeling that you and I would like Plant a lot. I'm I've sure never met him. Yeah, I'm sure we would. I just Never like, met him. Out of nowhere. It's like Nick has Tourette's when he writes that column. I'm like, what? Dan Plant. What? If you're Austell today, you're like, what? Yeah, what the fuck? Austell looks like he's just miserable sitting there. Because he was a main guy. He was a main guy Monday through Friday. At NBC. At least Heather Myers. When I look at Heather Myers, who was a main guy at the desk. Yeah. Who said, you know what? Fuck it. It's not worth being the main person at the desk. Yeah. You could join the number one team. I'm willing to be a weather weather girl. Yeah. Be on the number one team. Basically, I'm leaving being the star of the race to go be a, a, a contributor on the Yankees. Yeah. Be part of it. Yeah. Part- she does a great job. She does a fantastic job. But that, uh, man, been a rough couple of weeks for KUSI. Did you see the the Dave Scott thing? Have we ever talked about no, that? No. What, okay. What, what's the deal? Dave Scott gone because I know they have a new weather girl. Is Dave Scott not on KUSI anymore? I don't know. What's on Dave the weekend? Scott? Yeah. I don't, Is he no, out? I'm asking you. I don't know. What are you going to say about Dave Scott? So Dave took a lot of heat because he, he was at a 5K down at Qualcomm. Oh, shit, I did see this. Right? I, I saw this, yes. When he was talking, like, it wasn't Mr. Whipple. Who was that thing? <laughs> what was he doing? Dave, Dave does this thing and for 25 years. He's done the same thing all the time. Nobody, He never got it figured out. The key when you're down doing the live shot for Dave is don't throw back to the desk. They're not listening to yeah. you. They don't, nobody gives a shit what you're doing. When any of them are doing it, they're not paying attention, especially if you have a five-minute block that you're following. And he does it all the time. Like, he, yeah. I don't know why. Seems like a nice enough guy. It's like, dude, they're not listening. Dave, it's like when you and I did mornings with Ted. Yeah. And you would go in there and do sports. The last thing I ever would do, and you, I told you this when you walked in, Halden never could figure it out. Don't talk to Ted. Yeah, Ted's looking at the newspapers, looking for his next thing he's going to talk he's about. He's on a break. Don't talk to Ted. Ostel and the girl, who's no Elizabeth Alvarez, I'll mention again. They're having conversation. They're figuring out where they're going. They got the director in their ear. Everything's going on. Last thing they need is you at some goddamn pancake breakfast yelling back to them. Hey, you want blue? What? What did Dick just say? God damn it. And especially when it's a bullshit segment like that. Now my boy Austell gets drugged down. And he's put on dead spin and awful announcing. Not good for him. Hey, Jason, look who I'm here. What? What'd you, Dave, I'm sorry, the question. Yeah, he said something about what do you think of with inflation? That was awful. Because Austell refused to play the game. Terrible. Terrible. But did that did that get him run out the door? He'd been there like 25 years. I, again, I don't know if he's fired. I just know there's a new weather girl. So I figured, hell, he used On to do the weekend? The, yeah, he used to do the weather. All of a sudden, oh, there's a new girl. Shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, you know what he would do? He would do Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. He'd yeah. have to turn around, come back, 
Like, that was always a crazy Take the black schedule. suit off, put the black suit back on. Yeah, goddamn. <laughs> Looks like he's driving for La Costa Limo. Who's the guy that does the basketball for the Lakers play-by-play? McDonald. Bill McDonald. Bill McDonald. Wears the same fucking suit every time, too. Same suit same, every time. Same, same suit every single time. Dad gummit. Every single freaking time. All right. Hey, I want to mention uh, Daniel Tyler over at Superior Fence Company. Daniel. Oh, yeah. Been in business for 13 years. He's your guy, man. He'll put a fence up anywhere. Tells My brother needs one. My yeah. brother told me today he's moving to Rochester, Minnesota Is he really? to get rid of the rattlesnake. He won't. He <laughs> said, I'm done with the rattlesnake. I go, why don't you just call Dan and get a fence built, you dumbass? I'm overreacting. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I told him, I go, why don't you, my brother, if you follow my brother on Twitter, I know a bunch of you do. My brother rescued this uh, retired guard do- uh, guide dog, Yeah, which he writes every time. You know, she's a retired uh, eye dog. Seeing, yeah, we got it. Got the first twenty-five times. So I told him today, I go, look, man, if you're so convinced that you're gonna get out of Escondido, yeah, I go move to Baja, best fish tacos in the world. Paint your goddamn dog to look like a mini zebra and spend your night counting your fives and ones, or just call Superior Fence. Yes. I told him the whole time. Stupid. It's only getting hotter up there too. I love the fact that he's in panic mode. Good. <laughs> Daniel's number is 760-745-4846. You know the best thing about Daniel, not only do, does he and Superior Fence do a great job, he's a guy that says every job's easy. You always want to know that when yeah. you hire someone to go, it's going to be taken care of. Daniel's going to take care of it. He's your guy. Free estimates, even Saturdays. You name the kind of fence you want, he can do it. It's never, Nothing's ever an issue. Like He specializes in the North County, but he'll go all over San Diego County to make sure you have the proper fence. 760 745 Four eight four six seven six zero seven four five four eight four six. Man, I'm telling you, my brother did send me a picture today of a rattlesnake that their neighbor caught. Again? Dave, Jesus, the things as long as this table. Oh, that freaks me out. Yeah. And you go, all right, Dan, what can we do? Right? You go that. But the other thing that I think of, I mean, we we talked about tailor made pools. There are so many things. Like the one thing that I see with so many, whether it's Tracy. Sean Walchev, uh, Johnny Gennaro, um, Stevie Woods. All of you have such beautiful young kids. Your kids are great. And, and the thing that makes me nervous is, as a parent, and especially those of you that have multiple kids, you understand it feels like every 10 feet yep. there's something else that they can get into. Safety, privacy, they look good, all of those things. Yeah, give Daniel a call at, at SD Superior Fence. Man, they're good guys. Speaking of rattlesnakes, one thing I will tell you, just because I have a lot of friends who have gone through this before, here's the number one thing. Don't leave your shoes outside. Rattlesnakes will oh, go inside your shoes. Shit. They love to go inside your shoes. Do not leave your shoes outside. If you've had rattlesnakes in your garage, same thing. Don't leave your shoes on the floor. Before you know it, it would be the worst nightmare that could ever happen to you. Uh, I also heard that even if you cut the head off, that the head by itself can still bite you. Oh, great fucking snakes god how about that shit did i hate snakes hate them did you see that snake that i don't know why people send me this shit because <laughs> they know i'll watch it and then i'll complain about it do you see that snake they had the video of that swallowed the 54 year old woman yeah in like that. indonesia i did see that they cut it open she was right in there, there she was yeah, there she was was she 54 54 okay i didn't know how old that, that it was wild no what's weird is they knew they were cutting in a direction where where her feet were and where her head was Yet they went, kept going towards the feet first. Wouldn't you go for the head first to say, hey, but she's still alive. Maybe she can breathe. They went for the head last. Can you imagine if she was still alive? That's a, like, hey, fuckers. What are you? It's great my feet got some air. How about my fucking head? 
Yeah, I like the guy who said, well, we thought something was wrong because the snake looked a little bloated. Yeah, because he ate Nana, you dummy. <laughs> he, did. he did. Full clothes and everything. What was she like? Okay, hang on. Let's just, yeah. let's just, let's just all come together yeah. as a group here. I've roughed up a lot of people tonight, but come on, all of you, into the circle. It wasn't a fucking cheetah. It was a snake. He couldn't move That's out of the way, Nana. Remember when you were a kid, you'd sing that song, I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. Okay. But when she gets, when the fucking thing gets to your shin, aren't you just screaming, ah! It looked like she just like pulled her hands in like she was a goddamn skydiver. Like she was saying, hey, watch me hold my beer. I'm going to fit into the snake. Yeah. (laughs) Hey. Yeah. Sparky's struggling a little bit. Her husband. I'd talk to that guy. (laughs) No kidding. I talked to that guy. Should have done an episode of Heart to Heart. Yeah, he's in. He's, he, you find him. He's the guy at the after party for Bar Rescue in Indonesia. They're like, well, we found her. What? Ah, she's dead. Hey! Well, yeah, I mean, like, talk about just giving in. Yes. I mean, you know, maybe she froze. I don't know. She wasn't a little person. She looked like she was about 5'6". God damn, the snake didn't just swallow you immediately. It was an orca. Like, if she, got, if they found the orca on yes. the side of the road, you go, well, God damn, it's an orca. <laughs> yeah, we thought there was something wrong. The snake looked a little bloated. No shit. <laughs> no shit, Captain Obvious. Up. Let's open this thing up. Yeah, no shit, Sweeney says. <laughs> Sorry. All right, hey, Ryan Barkley, Barkley Landscaping. Look. If you want to fix your backyard up the way I did, call. You know uh, that guy cut that snake open. Oh yeah, he wouldn't mess around. (laughs) He'd be like, get. He wouldn't even take his goggles off. (laughs) He wouldn't. I saw Ryan just yesterday. Called Ryan and said, "Look, you got to help me. I got these fucking rabbits, man, that are ridiculous. Oh shit. These rabbits, Jeff. I run right at them, like sprint right at them, and they just will not move. (laughs) They're so unfazed by you. They are. And and thing is, if I was a dick, I'd punt them. I'd just kick them off. No, you know what I mean. But I'm not. My kid even. You go to jail. What rabbit jail? No, I'm a you go, what are you talking dude, about? That guy, uh, Raul Martinez, got in all kinds of trouble, and, and Fox 5 got in all kinds of trouble because they ran a story about a guy who punted like a kitten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's different. And they, they cut the video before it, but I thought the point that somebody made on Twitter was like, why are you showing it here? Yeah. Nobody here knows the guy in Kansas. Why are you showing it? Yep. And Raul, who I love, was like, ah, you know, it's part of the story. But you, he's like, dude, it's a, it's a, it's a clickbait. Yeah, I hate that shit. So, no, I'm with so, it. no, no. So I, even though I'm, it's going to cost me to redo a whole lawn, which is what I'm, my choice are either I can redo the whole lawn, or I can sit there and put the turf in. Those are the choices because now can Ryan you trap the, them? Shit, I don't know, man. What are you going to do? I well, mean, they, they I don't mean just, like, and I don't yeah, mean where like. Where am I going to release them? Where am I going to take right, them? Right back here. They find their way back over here. God damn, they're I'm, smart, those I'm, little rabbits. Huh? Okay. When they're not fucking, they're thinking. <laughs> that's true. And they'll only get my yard. There's no one else's yard in the what neighborhood. What is going on? And I got neighbors telling me, well, I never see them. I walk the dog late at night. I never see them. I go, bullshit. Jeff and I leave here at yeah. night. They're there they're, every night. They're just there every hanging out. Night. Stretched out. Fucking rabbit. So, uh. Ryan's been chasing his tail, basically trying to help me fix my yard, and he's doing a great job. Backyard looks fantastic. Front yard, he's going to fix it all up. Good. Ryan's a guy at Barkley Landscape, and Ryan and his dad, Scott, been in business for 35 years. Call Ryan. He'll make sure that your yard looks absolutely perfect. 619 669 My son, uh, Jack, and I, we spent the weekend uh, 
determining exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to buy a house with Brian Curry, yeah. and then my front yard, Jack and I have determined, with the help of Barkley Landscaping, we're going to put in uh, either the 7th at Pebble Beach. Okay. Or we're going to have, uh, which Jim Nance has similar, or we're going to do 17 at Sawgrass. <laughs> That's sweet. Where you're going to just drive, but the whole thing's going to be surrounded by water. And, Dave, there'll be no rabbits there, man. Because no. if they get across that water, good. Uh, and we're just going to play golf. And I said, well, I know the guy who's going to put it in. It'll be Barkley Landscaping. Or, with the way the housing prices are, maybe we'll have an eight-square-foot putting green. But one way or the other, <laughs> uh, my man Barkley will know what to do. You know, there, there are all those different things, though, Dave. It, it's a great point that you bring up because we talk about fire awareness as we uh, drying out. I mean, Santa Ana's, we're still a couple of months away from that. But it's always going to look nice, all those kind of things. But, yeah. Give them a call. I mean, you're not in business for 35 years yeah. unless you know what you're doing, and these guys are amazing. Absolutely. So here's the deal. We will not have a podcast on Monday night, but we will, we will knock a couple more out this week. Really want to talk to you about this whole Kawhi Leonard. LeBron James looks like he's coming get to the into Lakers. That. We'll get into all that stuff as well, and we'll talk a little more Padre baseball for you as well. Uh, we, we can't close without mentioning a couple of words about our friend Dick Warren. and. A lot of you may not know that name if you are an old-timer. Dick was on the air, I believe, at Quezon and, and a couple of the other stations. But radio is an incredibly small community locally. And radio runs not based on guys that are in front of the microphone. It's the guys that are behind the scenes. And when I came into this business a long, long time ago, and I didn't know shit, which a lot of you would say, you still don't know shit, and I, and I wouldn't talk you out of that. Uh, Dick Warren was our engineer at KSDO, and just an incredible guy. And I was nothing but a weekend board up. And he said to me, what are you doing Wednesday night? And I said, nothing. He said, well, why don't you meet me down at Qualcomm Stadium? Uh, you're going to be my guest. I'm engineering the game for the Cincinnati Reds. And Dave, I just, yeah, I was a guy on a cloud because one of my great buddies, Boom, grew up in Miamisburg, Ohio, loved the Cincinnati Reds. And we had always talked about um, guys that I loved as a kid growing up and then coming out here and how much I love Dave Campbell and Jerry Coleman and Ted. And my buddy grew up in, in Ohio and his guys were Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall. And so here I am this weekend board up and I go in and Dick has me all set up at the old press box. I'd never been in the press box at, at the queue. And he introduces me to Marty and Joe and said, this is my very good friend. And Marty and Joe treated me incredibly well that night. The three of them gave me probably one of my greatest experiences in radio. From then, um, I got promoted and I started working for Roger Hedgecock. Uh, Hedgecock. And when Roger was really humming at KSDO, we were going out every Friday on remotes. We would go out across San Diego. It's one of the things I've always said radio should be doing more of is going out in the community. But Roger would go out and do it. And so to get that show on the air, it was the responsibility of me and Dick Warren. And we spent Fridays together for two years and we just laughed. We just laughed every day. And he was a guy 
that was so genuinely good-hearted yeah. and warm and brilliant and incredibly quiet as far as never told you uh, all he knew. But if you went to a remote and Dick was running it, you knew you were in good hands. Scott Kaplan wrote that this week, and I couldn't agree more. Dick passed away this week, and it's just another guy that we lose that meant so much to us. And anybody who knew him, Felix Taverna wrote to me and said, you know, Dick had worked over at WS Radio. Stevie Dolan wrote to me and said, when our pal Rick Hill was really sick and struggling on bad times, Dick Warren was the guy behind the scenes doing a lot to make life comfortable for Rick Hill. Um, Glenn Geffner reached out and talked about when the Marlins would come to town, how good they felt because Dick was there handling the games. He yeah. was just a guy that was so incredibly good at his job, and you found out he was incredibly good at his job by watching him, not by listening to him. And that's pretty unique in this industry and in this business. He was somebody that I cared about a lot because I know he cared about us a lot, but he cared about everybody he worked with a lot. And so while you may not know his name, if you listen to any of those Roger Hedgecock remotes, if you listen to Scott and Billy Ray um, down on remotes, the reason those shows got on the air was because the expertise of a guy like Dick Warren. Not only that, we talk about how much we love radio, sports radio. We love uh, baseball games on the radio. Yeah. You mentioned the Reds. Well, he did it for every team. Yeah, he I mean, did. He, I mean, he, it changed uh, as they started to travel guys yeah. out. But, but I'm saying when people came here. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the guy. So whether it's the Cardinals, it's the Reds, it's whatever. He yeah. was the guy for the most part, which was outstanding. Such, for people who don't know him, he was a huge guy. I mean, he was a, yeah. a big guy. And I don't mean fat. He was a big, tall man. Yeah. And he wasn't some small, weak, twerp engineer like you no. probably think in your mind. He was just a big guy. Man's man. Yes. And he was the nicest, kindest guy you're going to meet. One thing always stands out for me about Dick Warren, not only was he super nice to you, me, everyone else he ran in contact with, he used to hold this big like yeah. 7-Eleven refill deal that was okay. like 64 Everybody ounces. Everybody has talked about Dave, it's bigger than 64. Yeah. That had to be 120 ounces. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was huge. It was close to the sparkless bottle. It was huge. <laughs> and, he, and he just wrote big freaking letters like you would a sharp. Warren. No, Dick. Dick, it that's say, right. It would say Dick. And I laughed. I thought it was so funny because he's yeah. the ultimate guy that was not a dick. He was the coolest no. dude ever and uh, never was a limelight guy. Nope. Just, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't know who he was until we're talking about him now. But anyone in the business knows who he is in San Diego. And just, just a great guy. I was very sad to hear he passed away. Yeah, I last saw him probably about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and and would go down. He was... You know, things things changed at Petco Park. They It's the one thing about the ballparks that I never quite understand is if I ever build a ballpark, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the Mark Cuban approach, which is I'm not going to cut the visiting radio into this little square thing. I'm going to give visiting radio a nice, comfortable booth. You know why? Because say nice then, things about it. Yeah, when they go on, they're going to say, yeah. this place is great. You should come out here and vacation. But every ballpark... At Qualcomm, where I was with with Marty and Joe, was a great booth. We hung out. Dick had this small little booth, and the and he was there and kind of up. And his, you know, his line of vision for the game wasn't as good as he had. You never heard him complain. No. He often. This was the other thing that I loved about it, Dave. And I don't know if you could do this. I don't know that I could do this. But I guess when you gotta need the check, maybe it makes it easier. He often would do Spanish radio 
I don't know that he spoke Spanish. I believe he didn't. But he would engineer the whole game uh, for Spanish radio. Um, did USD Sports yes. for years for Jack Cronin and others that had been there. But he just was a giant in this business and in this city and in this market. And anybody that came uh, in contact with him was better for knowing him. Like I, I said the other day on on Facebook, Dave, I said, while I'm incredibly sad by his passing, I'm much more grateful that I was able to call him a friend. Yeah. And he was so, I mean, I just, I just think about it. As a young guy, it, it didn't know shit. And he just said to me, hey, come on out. And and Marty and Joe, he just made them believe, and, and they were nice to me for shit. Marty's still great if I see him. Yeah. Um, but I, I know for all those guys, I, I have to wonder, because we're a neurotic group. Everybody's neurotic, what you do. And when you're the Marlins or the Reds or any other that for 25 years, you knew Dick was going to get you on the air and get you into the break, and make it run comfortable. I'm sure there's somebody else that will be able to do it, but it's going to be a huge void over there at Petco Park. My feeling would be, and I don't know if this will happen, but Partello and those guys are a pretty sharp group. They should name that visiting radio booth after him. That would be pretty cool. That would be very cool. Because he was there every day, and I, I think – I think Marty and I think Glenn and I think all the others that were there, not to mention the Dave Marcuses and the Mark Grants and the Ted Leitners and, and Aglers that saw him every night, um, will miss him. His, 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 the void that he leaves at that place would be big. I don't know. That might be, I'm sure they have their own thoughts. Pretty sharp organization down there. They know what they're doing, but I just uh, I was greatly affected by that because he was he was somebody that had a huge impact on me when I had no idea what I was going to do in this business and I'll always be thankful for what he did. Very cool. All right, we'll get you a couple more podcasts the rest of the week. Talk to you guys soon. Times are strange, here I come but I ain't the same Mama, I'm coming home Times gone by, it seems to be You could have been a better friend to me Mama, I'm coming home I could be wrong It hurts so bad It's been so long